the time to save money, it is right now. You got to hit up my friends over at Chevalier Mortgage. I'm sure, you know, you're probably hearing how great the rates are right now, and they are. But Mike and Virginia, they're not your typical mortgage company. They have phenomenal rates, but what really separates them is Mike is a certified financial planner, and he looks at so much more than just the rate when designing your home loan. They're a small, family-owned company, so you'll always feel like a person and not a number. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but buying a home seems really stressful. I don't want to feel like I'm walking into a Walmart, you know what I mean, just moving along here. I want that personal connection. That's what Mike and Virginia are all about. Visit them at dnvrmortgage.com, enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choosing when you do. Most importantly though, get set up with a free consultation to discuss all of your financial options. Again, that's dnvrmortgage.com, enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choosing. If you're a little more old school, you want to talk to somebody on the phone, that's cool. Give Mike a call directly. Hit him up at 970-412-2472. That's 970-412-2472. Tell him Justin from DNVR Rams sent you, or you can always visit dnvrmortgage.com. Michael Chevalier, NMLS number 1931006. Virginia Chevalier, NMLS number 1910631. What up, what up, what up? We are back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Chevalier Mortgage. I'm Justin Michael, and we have a lot to talk about. So we're just going to jump right into it. Obviously, a couple of massive series for CSU men's and women's basketball, both going up against Boise State, both with conference standing, serious conference standing implications, both with NCAA tournament implications. Definitely going to dive into all that. Before we do, though, I got to talk about this football situation. I I mentioned it on the last Rams pod that I would kind of talk about this just wonky offensive coordinator situation at Colorado State. It uh, it seems that it's, you know, kind of a done deal. We've seen players wish Joey Lynch, you know, well at this point. He's going to be the quarterback's coach at Vanderbilt. And uh, yeah, just a lot, a lot to unpack here. You know, when I first saw this report the other night, I think like a lot of people, my initial gut reaction was, oh, you know, he must be getting, you know, a pay raise or something like that, or maybe he's going to be the OC there. But once I realized it was going to be a demotion and likely a decrease in pay, I mean, he makes $315,000 as the offensive coordinator at Colorado State. I know SEC resources are superior to CSU, but I mean, you're not going to make that as the quarterback coach at Vanderbilt. Maybe Alabama, but not Vanderbilt. And honestly, that leads me to think that it just was a relationship that didn't, you know, really work out. I mean, he left his alma mater to come here. That's a big deal, you know? He'd been there for years, so for him to make the jump, you assume it's a place he really wants to be. And then, you know, the marriage lasts a total of four games. I mean, it was technically a season, but four games and just an odd situation now. I don't want to speculate too much. I, I have heard some things about just, you know, Lynch and Adazio not necessarily seeing eye to eye when it comes to, you know, just like game planning, prep, uh, practice stuff, just the relationship like that. I don't think it was always extremely smooth. I mean, Adazio is obviously one of those guys that has things his way. He wants it to be his way. And I think that's why he, you know, oftentimes goes with coaches that he already has relationships with because it's just one of those situations where it's like they get how I want things. They know how I'm going to be on a day-to-day -day basis. I mean, that kind of stuff does matter. 
even so though for for them to be so far apart that lynch already wants to get out it's a little concerning to me you know just about relationships and coaches and you know what are things like in meetings and all that but i don't know just sometimes it sometimes it just doesn't work you know the offense never really seemed to click i don't know if that was necessarily lynch's fault i mean everything about this year was so freaking wonky i mean you get shut down in training camp you lose warren jackson it doesn't even look like you're gonna be playing then when you finally do get to come back your first game gets canceled and the game that you do get to play you're missing a bunch of offensive guys it, everything about this year was just so dumb i mean i i thought the play calling was ah, not super exciting but i did think that it it meshed well with the philosophy that Adazio has, and that's obviously ground and pound. I know that's not necessarily sexy football, but that's what this identity is going to be. I mean, it it just is. That's the identity of the offense. That's the identity of this team now. Got to get used to it. When they passed the ball, I mean, it was pretty clear. His intention was to get the ball to Dante Wright and Trey McBride. Like Those two got more targets than everybody else combined, and it wasn't even close. That makes sense to me. Those two dudes are better than everyone else on the field. Now, obviously, I talked about it a lot throughout the season. I would have liked to have seen them get some of these other guys involved. You know, Nate Craig Myers, uh, Ty McCullough, he obviously missed some games. But, you know, there were a couple of guys that I would have liked to have seen get in the mix a little bit more. But, I mean, at the end of the day, when you have superior talent and Dante Wright and Trey McBride are superior talent, you do what you can to get them the ball. And that's what Joey Lynch did. It didn't always work out. But I mean, when you looked, especially like the scripted stuff, when they'd come out early in series, I mean, it'd be, you know, screen pass to Dante on the outside, drag route to Trey McBride, stuff like that. Easy, simple stuff to get the quarterback in rhythm and get the ball in the hands of the playmakers. And I like that. I just, I think he got it. It seemed like the players, you know, really liked him. The wide receivers seemed to get along with him. The quarterback seemed to get along with him. I mean, I know Patrick O'Brien left, but I think that had more to do with his relationship with Adazio than anything else. Luke McAllister's told me that he has a great relationship with Joey Lynch, so just kind of odd. Just kind of odd. It only lasted four games. Um, I mean, they got a border war victory, I guess, so good on them, but really that came down to defense. Ultimately, I mean, I could see this being a situation where it does work out better for both parties. I mean, if they're not happy, I guess it makes sense to just kind of move on now than to have dysfunction carry on throughout 2021. You know, this season, you kind of want to try and really just establish some stability. I mean, you're hoping at that point the COVID stuff is going to at least be somewhat under control. I mean, at this point, I've come to realize that it's going to be a factor for a long time. But I mean, I God, I hope that fans can be in the stands and that, you know, we're, we're not so worried about every game being canceled and all that. Fingers crossed, knock on wood, whatever you do for your superstitions. But, you know, you want to you want to create some stability next year. You're hoping that you can get a full 12-game season in, travel, all that normal stuff. You want to have it, you just want to have things established, you know? And if the offensive coordinator and the head coach are not on the same page as far as what they want the direction of the offense or the team to look like, that's not going to work out. I, I don't know if that was the case, but based on everything I've been told, based on how this whole situation played out, and based on what we do know, it, it just seems to be a matter where the two sides didn't see eye to eye and they're just deciding to call it quits before things get too ugly. Again, this is, you know, mostly just, you know, speculation and, you know, me going off of what I know, but just a weird, weird situation. 
And uh, yeah, now it, it seems that the Rams are going to move on and have Wisconsin quarterback go quarterback <laughs> Wisconsin quarterback coach John Budmeyer as offensive coordinator. He spent the last three years as the Badgers quarterback coach, former Badger player, uh, was a grad assistant quality control coach from 2015 to 2017, assumed the role of QB coach ever since. You know, I'm going to have to go back and watch the film before I, you know, really break it down and then I'll write something on it, maybe do like a film room piece uh, for DNVR members. But he runs a pro-style offense. Uh, really, you know, they run the ball. That's always been the identity at Wisconsin. Brian White works there. It makes sense to me. You know, he's not a guy that I knew a lot about. Like if I were to come out and do a, you know, a podcast where I would have listed, you know, my top five candidates, he wouldn't have been on there. That's not a name that I would have known. But based on everything that I've learned from learned about him so far, he definitely fits the mold of an Adazio system. Again, you know, I'm going to have to dive into that film. Uh, Kevin Lytle, the Coloradoan, he mentioned in his article that he is kind of a revered recruiter, signed a couple of four-star quarterbacks, including Graham Mertz, who's the highest-ranked uh, quarterback that Wisconsin has ever signed. And given the uh, the depth in the quarterback room, that that could be a factor. I actually got a DM asking me if I think CSU should be in the market for a grad transfer. I, I really don't think it could hurt. I mean, we'll have to see what Santeo does in year two, obviously. Very, very intrigued by the three quarterbacks that signed this year, but ultimately, you know, adding somebody with an experienced background, somebody that's played real snaps, couldn't hurt, right? Shall be interesting. I mean, ultimately, none of these things are official until the schools announce them, as we all remember with uh, Derek Ansley a couple years ago when he was quote-unquote hired to be the defensive coordinator at CSU and then ultimately jumped for a position with the Raiders. So, you know, it's not final until it's final. But uh, it seems to be that uh, CSU has their offensive coordinator. We will obviously talk about that more in the coming weeks, months, you know, leading up to spring ball, all of that fun stuff. Let's uh, let's transition. Let's talk about basketball now, because I'm really, really excited for both the future of the women's team and the men's team. There's a real possibility that both of these groups could play in the NCAA tournament this year. How freaking dope would that be? Uh, before we do, though, got to take a minute to hear from our partners. Pigskin fans, stop what you are doing right now. The moment you have been waiting for all season is right around the corner. DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of Super Bowl 55, is bringing back their golden ticket giveaway offer with up to $55 million in prizes up for grabs. All you've got to do to get your share of these huge prizes is enter the DraftKings free Super Bowl prediction challenge. Once you submit your picks, you'll get a free instant prize of up to $25,000. That's not all, though. If you have the most predictions correct, you could win the top prize of up to $1 million. Again, download the app now, enter the free prediction challenge, answer the questions like, who will score last? Boom, you're ready to make it rain. DraftKings has already paid out $7 billion since 2012. That's right, billion with a B, $7 billion. They know a thing or two about big paydays. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR and enter the free $55 million Super Bowl prediction challenge. Everyone gets an instant prize of up to $25,000 just for playing. The promo code DNVR now and enter the free $55 million Super Bowl challenge again with that promo code DNVR. Now only at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official daily fantasy partner. Of Super Bowl 55, terms, conditions, and eligibility restrictions do apply. 
See DraftKings slash Sportsbook for details. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right, back to the pod in just a sec. But first, my DraftKings pick of the week. Notre Dame is hosting Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech playing pretty good basketball. They've been up and down this year. I feel pretty good about the upset. Yeah, you know, plus 100. That's pretty good odds. That's my DraftKings pick of the week. Lock it in. They're going on the road, taking down Notre Dame, who's extremely overrated. DraftKings pick of the week. All right, we had a chance to talk to Nico Medved yesterday about this series. I'm going to play some of the audio just from the questions that I asked him. Always appreciate CSU for making that stuff possible. It's obviously weird, you know, in a different universe and a non-COVID-19 impacted world. We would beginning to go to these practices and watch shoot around and talk to the guys and the players and it'd be way more fun. We don't get any of that this year. It sucks, but it is what it is. Before we talk about that men's series, though, I did briefly want to go over the women's series, which is really, really important. I mean, the Rams are currently sitting atop the standings 10-2 and overall, 6-2 and against the league. They've got a big, big road trip to Boise State, who's 8-3, and overall 5-3 and against the league. They're kind of creeping. They just got swept by Fresno State on the road, so that worries me a little bit. You know, they're going to be looking for redemption at home. Boise State, you know, they've been they've been the offensive juggernaut for really as long as that I can remember. I mean, at least since I've been on the scene the last six or seven years or so. I mean, Fresno State's really taken off. New Mexico's had a couple of good teams, Nevada as well. But it's really been about Boise State, especially by the end of the season. They seem to always be the most complete team. And what's kind of funny is CSU finally has the type of roster that Boise State always seemed to dominate with. Great shooters, a really quick athletic point guard. I mean, that is Boise State's bread and butter over the last couple of years. And what's funny is I think this CSU team is like perfectly constructed to beat that kind of team. So, you know, Boise State in in past years, they've kind of been able to, to win track meets against CSU. I mean, the Rams have had some great players, but they've been a more you know, slow it down, operate in the half court, try to get the ball down low in the post. There is some of that, obviously, with, you know, Laura, because she's just a beast. But beyond that, I mean, this team is really good about getting out in transition. I mean, it's so hard to keep up with McKenna Hofshield when she has the basketball. She's just, she's so slippery out there, you know, she just kind of grooves through the defenders, always seems to get to the rim. I mean, she has an incredible ability to finish through the tall trees. It's it's very impressive. I love watching this team. Tori Williams, she lights it up from three. If CSU, if they go out on the road, if they split, they're going to be in a great position. I mean, you don't want to get swept on the road, especially given that you have the lead in the conference standings right now. But if they sweep Boise State, and they are good enough to, they are good enough to, they're basically going to be in the driver's seat. I mean, they already got that road sweep at Fresno State, road split at Fresno State, excuse me. I mean, yeah, you still got to play UNM, but I don't know. I'm just, I'm not worried about this women's team, man. They're, they're special. They can put points up in a hurry. They play great team basketball. They're unselfish. They bought into what Ryan Williams is doing. I mean, in a lot of ways, there's a lot of parallels to the men's team. It's just fun. It's fun to be a CSU Rams hoops fan right now on both accounts, the women's team and the men's team. I'm sorry that I couldn't be at the last women's series. Again, I had some doctor's appointments going through some personal stuff. Um... Yeah, I took some shit out for that on Twitter, but I wanted to just be clear, like, you know, I do everything that I can to cover these teams. I don't always, you know, it's not what I get paid to do necessarily, but I want to. So 
I'm sorry. I'll do my best to cover the women's team as best as possible. They deserve it. They're great. They're a ton of fun. Make sure that you're tuned in. All right, let's move over to the men's side. God, I'm excited for this series. I mean, I feel so confident that it concerns me a little bit. I mean, I respect the hell out of Boise State. I've been pounding on the table for two years. This is a great team. I love Derek Alston's game. That's an NBA player, NBA scorer. I just, I feel like this series is happening at the perfect time for CSU. Look, I get Boise State. They're great. The metrics love them. They're like number 14 in net. It's impressive. They can score in a hurry. Defense has been solid. They haven't played anyone in two months. I mean, Wyoming on the road is impressive. It is. It's always hard to win in Laramie. But other than that, it's like you got to go back to that BYU game. And other than that is Houston, which was game one. And they, you know, they lost that one, a tight one and a weird one where they went like two of 17 from three or something like that. But it's been a long time since they've, since they've been challenged. And that kind of stuff matters. CSU, they're battle tested. They had to survive UNLV. They had to survive Utah State and San Diego State on the road. Boise State hasn't played any of these teams yet. And I really think they're going to get humbled a little bit down the stretch. I think they're a great team. I think they've got a lot of depth. I think the P5 guys that they've been able to add are awesome. I think they have some of the best bigs in the conference. I think Utah State still takes the cake there, but you know they're they're great. They've got great size. Even so, it just, you know, when you when you don't get tested for like two straight months, sometimes when you get punched in the mouth, it's a little bit hard to respond. And I'd love to see this Rams team come out and do that. Come out and build an early lead. See if this Boise State team can respond. You know that no matter what happens, the green and gold, they're going down swinging. This is a team that just never stops fighting, and they've done it against elite competition. Boise State, they're going to have to prove themselves now. They got to play Utah State still. They got to play San Diego State still. They got to play UNLV still. They got to play Nevada still. I mean, their their end of season schedule, it's brutal. I mean, if they just kick the crap out of everybody and you know, end up, you know, running through this schedule, they should be like a top 15 team because that's how impressive it would be. I, I just have a feeling we're going to see a couple of splits here from Boise State down the road. And, you know, at that point, it's all going to come down to how do they do against Utah State, who obviously just dropped a game against UNLV. The conference is, you know, there for the taking. How do they do against San Diego State? It's going to be a fun one, and it's really going to come down to it. I'm I'm very intrigued to see how this all plays out. Uh, one of the things that BJ Rains actually brought up from the Idaho Press uh, Tribune, he he asked Nico Medved his opinion on whether the Mountain West should have a conference tournament or not. Because there've kind of been some rumblings around the country about whether it's you know necessarily logical to put these guys through this, make them travel, especially go to a city like you know Las Vegas in the middle of a pandemic. Ultimately, you know, it could end up hurting some of these top teams. I mean, if you have a strong chance to get into the tournament without it, and then let's say you get like upset in the first round by a pesky team like Wyoming or Nevada or something, and then all of a sudden your national perception's like totally screwed. I could see where some of these top coaches are hesitant. The counter is you obviously lose the the opportunity for an auto bid and and you know, in a in a league like the Mountain West. I think that could be big for CSU because you just never know how much the lack of non-conference schedule is going to hurt them. I'm of the opinion that they shouldn't really hold it against them this year. There wasn't anything CSU could do, man. COVID stuff. They tried. I mean, they lost multiple games against the Pac-12. That's not their fault. 
But, uh, you know, life isn't always fair, so we'll kind of have to see. We'll kind of just have to see how it plays out, I guess. But I'm, I'm really looking forward to this one, obviously. I think at the bare minimum, you have to split if you're CSU. But man, a sweep would be so big. It would be so big. And I just, I think it's possible. I really do. Um, I don't know. The Rams are, they're definitely underdogs in this one, but it's only like plus 106. Vegas thinks that they're going to hang well. Ken Palm thinks that they're going to hang well. I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to wrap things up here with some audio from Nico Medved talking about that Boise State series. We'll obviously have content post game. I'll be there live at Moby Arena. Going to be a blast. Really, really what college basketball is all about. We brought you damn good beer, and now we're delivering to you damn good beef. Hassel Cattle Company is the absolute best source for farm-to-table Wagyu beef in the country. Hassel Cattle Company is a fourth-generation cattle farm out of Texas. They ship all over the beautiful U.S. of A. Straight to your door. They call their beef the blue-collar Wagyu. Why? Because it's the best damn Wagyu that every man or woman can afford. Hassel Cattle Company offers Wagyu smoked sausage, New York strip, beef bacon, Wagyu frank without any fillers, two jerky flavors, original sweet and spicy, and their Hamburger One Food Network's best Northeast burger jam. That's big time, baby. Not only do we love their beef, the country loves their beef. These guys have taken their registered bulls and breeds and Angus cows, giving you the very high prime product that is grown with zero antibiotics, zero hormones. Head to Hassel Cattle Company right now. That's H-A-S-S-E-L-L cattlecompany.com. Use the promo code DNVR10 for 10% off your order. Again, that's DNVR10 for 10% off your order at hasslecattlecompany.com. Check them out. We promise you will not be disappointed. They're really, really well coached. Um, You know, Leon just does a terrific job with his group. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're really, um, delivering on both ends. They know exactly what they want to do. Um, I think they've done a tremendous job. They've got a lot of new players, really talented players. They've had, you know, a lot of transfers that were sitting out last year. And I thought they've just done a terrific job of integrating so many new players like that, um, um, into their system. And they play so well together and have mitigated some guys being out with injury, you know, here or there, um, um, and, and found a way to obviously be incredibly successful. And probably the last thing I would say is they're just so potent offensively. They got so many guys who can score. And, you know, you got a guy like Derek Olson, you feel like you do a good job on him. And then, you know, key jab gets going. Dennis, uh, um, I mean, uh, you name it. You know, uh, Acock can score. Uh, Duce can score. Uh, um, um, Armush can score. Um, big guys. So they're just, they have so many weapons and um, they're very, very hard to defend that way. Hey, coach, I cover Boise State up in Idaho. Um, just to kind of follow up on that. They've had some games where uh, they're kind of going along and then you look up and they have a 20 to 2 run or something in like four minutes. Um, they, they ended the winning game like that. I think the Fresno game the other day. So what? What is it about their, not just their offensive ability, but the way that they can just strike on you for an 8-0 run or 9-0 run just like that and change the game? I think that's a great point. You know, you, you feel like you're doing a great job, and then in a matter of four minutes, you know, they completely change the game. And 
a lot of that is just, you know, again, you can tell they're a group that has a lot of belief in each other and what they're doing. And when you have as many weapons as they do, you know, you, you, you kind of keep them down for a little while, but eventually they just have so many talented players and so many shot makers um, that they just have the ability, you know, to go on those, to go on those runs. And so it's just one of those things you got to play for 40 minutes against a team like this. Uh, um, you, you, you can never feel like if you're fortunate enough to have a lead, you can never get too comfortable. You're going to have to keep battling and, 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 and defending and being strong with the ball because um, it's going to take 40 minutes of great basketball to beat a team like Boise. And I think that's been, been proven here this season. I mean, really the Houston game, I mean, the first game of the season, you know, I think they go two of 18 from three or whatever. And all of a sudden, sure as heck, right at the end of the game, they finally kind of kick it into gear and they made that thing a ball game at the end. And I don't know how many nights they're going to shoot two of 18 from three. I think that's an anomaly. And they prove that I think here um, in, in their, in their, in their winning streak, but it's just very, very difficult because they have so many weapons. If I could just follow up with one more about their defense, the length that they have too. What's that on the perimeter? Some of the wing guys they have, it's making it tough for, for teams to shoot over them. And then they get a, a lot of steals. And once they get in transition, I know that can be tough too. What, what are you seeing from them defensively? Yeah, you know, you're exactly right. I mean, they're long and athletic. They have a lot of versatility that way. Their hands are active. Uh, um, they make it difficult for you to get catches where you want it. Um, they challenge uh, um, shots. They have the ability to switch certain things. Um, and I think the other thing that stands out with their athleticism is their ability to rebound. I mean, I think they do a great job rebounding the ball on both ends. You know, a lot like the team we just played in Utah State. And so um, even when they miss – um, I mean, all those guys can go in and make a play on the glass um, that way. And so um, you're right. They're long, they're athletic, and it's one thing to be long and athletic, but what they do is they do a great job of getting that athleticism into the game. Just kind of going off of that, you know, based on the fact that they are another long team, do you feel confident that, you know, some of your younger guys, Deshaun and James, are, you know, kind of starting to handle some of these matchups against these really talented bigs? I think so. I mean, I think they're getting more confidence. I mean, Armush, I mean, he's like he's like a grizzly bear in there. I mean, he is a load. I mean, he is a physical, physical guy. He's I mean, so is a guy like Kata and Bean, but this guy's probably even more physical. I mean, the way he wedges you out and the way he creates space in the paint. I mean, here's a guy who had eight offensive rebounds against Wyoming, you know, in a game. And so um yeah, he's incredibly physical. But I I, I hope, I mean, our young guys are getting better and better. And you know, if you think about it, Justin, I mean, typically in a normal season right now, we just be ending kind of the non-conference, right? You play about this many games in the non-conference, you kind of be transitioning into a league schedule. So, I mean, our, our, our hope is, is that those guys now, as they've gotten more and more experience are kind of starting to get a little bit more confidence um, in themselves, a little bit more confidence in what we're trying to do on both ends of the floor. And, um, Hopefully that continues to pay off. It paid off, you know, the other night in Logan, and, and we're going to need it in a big way here in this series. You know, we just talked about the way that Boise State can score in a hurry. You're another team that can kind of put up points in a hurry. You've talked about how you like to get attack and transition. That obviously, that obviously starts with stops. Do you maybe want to play a little bit slower going against a team like Boise State, just given that if it's a track meet, I mean, they can really put points up? I don't know. I mean, I... I I think we're going to do what we do, you know. I mean, I, I think that um, 
you know, we, we want to score in transition and, you know, we want to make them score in the half court and they're probably saying the same thing over there in their meeting, you know? And so I think both teams are, have to do what they do well. And we're going to try to run when we can and attack them. And, you know, just like the length we talked about, sometimes always trying to score in a half court versus that kind of length and athleticism is difficult. And so it's having that feel of, knowing when you have a great shot early in the clock to do it, but then also having the patience to run offense. And I think both teams would say that when, when we're at our best is when, you know, we're getting stops, we're getting out in transition. But if we're, if Boise is constantly having to play in the last 12 seconds of the shot clock on offense, that's probably a good thing for us. You know, and that's very, very difficult to do. But I think that's the pace that we'd like the, the game to be at. And so I think the way we slow the game down more is on the defensive end, not necessarily the offensive end. Yeah, the last thing I wanted to ask you, you know, you always say don't get too high, don't get too low, you know, don't, you know, put too much emphasis on any individual game or series. But obviously, you know, this one matters quite a bit with the conference implications. You know, do you feel like you guys are ready for this matchup? This is kind of what you've been building towards is a series like this where it's all on the line. I'm going to give you a bad answer and just say, we'll find out at seven o'clock tomorrow. Right. Cause I mean, I can say whatever I want and all this stuff and, and you know, you think, I, I think so, but we'll find out. Right. I mean, it, we'll find out tomorrow at seven. I mean, everything for us right now is a little new, right. It's, it's in a good way, but it's, it's unchartered. I mean, for us to be in this position, uh, um, I feel like we grew up in that Utah state series. I think that we learned a lot about ourselves but you also realize how difficult it is. I mean, it's difficult. I mean, just look at the scores to win any game. And so we've got to bring our best. I mean, I think our guys know that. Um, but, you know, sometimes you bring a great effort and a great performance that doesn't guarantee you're going to win. <laughs> you know, I mean, and so I think when I talk about the process, it's just, you know, we want we need to go out there and we need to play incredibly hard and play, you know, with a great intensity for 40 minutes. And if we do that, I feel like we'll have a chance to win. But Sometimes you do that and it doesn't go your way because when you're playing a great team like Boise, it's not enough, but you know, we just got to control the controllables. And um, I think our guys are, are ready for it, but heck if I knew for sure, um, you know, I'll find, we'll find out tomorrow at, uh, at seven, but I, I, I like our group and um, I think it should be a heck of a ball game. Scummy like Martin Scarelli Turn jam into jelly Then drink it like juice The water's the truth So I sip on that too Skinny looking kid With no car keys Like the only thing I drive Is RCR He's got the stash Like Steve Harvey Oh I'm gnarly Like non